Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us always at rdgable, Romeo Delta, G-A-B-L-E, at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you'll find the full show archive, the montages, and more. Sign up today to the archive, montages, my digital books, all of it on the website at thesecretteachings.info. I was looking back this week on the shows that we've done, and we've really talked about a number of different subjects that are very, very, very different, but also very, very related to one another. On Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week, we've talked about everything from what seems like an anti-human, anti-life agenda to eliminate certain key components of our ecosystem, that of carbon dioxide, some suggesting that it's a threat to life on Earth. On Tuesday, we talked about the dangers of web magic and how many people are entranced by a web of chaotic magic and that of Internet sigils and meme magic. And last night, we talked with our good friend and co-host, Jack, about this idea. We really got into it at the end of the show last night uh, about what, Kind of like Monday, it's almost like a planetary invasion. Some of the stuff we hear about humans and about greenhouse gases and about children and families, it just sounds, it it almost feels like it's beyond eugenics. It's beyond anti-human or anti-life. It's like a planetary invasion where anything and everything that is human is being replaced, anything and everything that is organic is being replaced by you know things that are synthetic. Uh, back in early January, I said that this year is the year of the ox. It is the year of the ox. And in regards to that, we've had conversations about some stuff that listeners have sent us relating to the ox, how the ox, the O-X, is, of course, short for oxygen. And our oxygen, much like carbon dioxide, is being restricted with masks, which are also part of a culture of shame, like the old 16th and 17th century shame masks, very similar to what I call cultural BDSM. But ox or oxygen, ox is also related to the big Super Bowl ritual we saw this year with the performer called The Weekend, which also relates to a weekend human race, a weekend planet, and a planet that, in the science fiction genre, is ripe for picking. 
Now, when we talk about aliens, we're not necessarily saying, I'm not necessarily saying that aliens in the Hollywood sense are real and that they're here. I'm saying that based on the evidence that this is a, this is, I believe, a, a well-controlled form of speculation on the subject of whatever it is that aliens and extraterrestrials, demons, call them what you will, might be. If you remember back in January, it's been a month now, there was a $2.3 trillion COVID-19 relief bill. And this $2.3 trillion, and that's a lot of money, first of all, $2.3 trillion. This bill, which was signed into law by former President Donald Trump, began something that a lot of people kind of missed. They were consumed with the universal basic style income checks that they would receive. Others pointed out that Bill Gates got some of this money. But what was overlooked, and it was very bizarre that it was even in the bill, but, you know, so much stuff gets fast-tracked in these kinds of bills, like save the children bill, but then it allows you to, you know, legally kidnap children. You know, that's, that's how it works. Or you throw like a, Congress will throw those pay increases into the bills, like save the rainforest, and then they get a $20,000 a month raise. So this is a $2.3 trillion relief bill, and it began a process, uh, a countdown to what some are calling UFO disclosure. We talked about this last month, but I was thinking about this 180-day countdown. We're about at 150 days now for this countdown for the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense to provide, quote, an unclassified report about unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, this article that I have and the few that I've pulled up about the bill is uh, very difficult to find. It's like you can type it in, but you really have to dig for it. And I don't think it's being suppressed. I just don't think that it's really of much interest to people. I don't think that a lot of people are really concerned. Okay, so there's going to be a, a disclosure of something that the government knows, something that the intelligence agencies know, something that the Department of Defense knows about UFOs and about aliens. Now, see, I've been on the forefront of this for 10 years about, I'd say a good six professionally, and I've talked to and met so many of the, I guess you could call them leading figures in ufology, or I've been to their talks at conferences. And I could never fully submit or commit myself to that field because I've always seen people that stretch the truth because it gets good ratings or because it sounds better, people that are very disingenuous. I've also seen a lot of really incredible research and books. And the thing is, we might feel as if there's some form of modern awakening to the idea of extraterrestrials, of aliens existing, whether they come from our solar system or they come from another galaxy far away or they come from a parallel dimension. 
We've talked about the atomic bomb, the Trinity test, and the potential that that bomb had for, and the intention that those who detonated that bomb had for opening some form of dimensional gateway. And others have mentioned in this context CERN opening a dimensional gateway to somewhere else to allow something to come into our world, something to be summoned. Uh, People like Jordy Rose have also talked about this with quantum computing, that we can use the quantum computer to extract resources out of other worlds, out of other dimensions. But contrary to the popular belief that this is a new interest, up until relatively recently, up until the last 100 years, the idea of aliens existing has not always been total science fiction and fantasy. In fact, it seems to be that up until recently, people have believed without any hard evidence that there have been beings that existed or exist now in our solar system on planets in our solar system. In fact, in the 17 and 1800s, astronomers like William Herschel or others like Thomas Dick not only proposed that our solar system was filled with life, but that they could even see the evidence of it. Now, this is where it gets kind of shady, but people like Herschel with a telescope became, became very convinced that there were forests on the moon and speculated that the sun's dark spots were actually holes in a, in a hot atmosphere, and underneath of those holes was a cool surface supported, uh, supporting uh, like large alien beings. Now, this, this was just speculation, and I think what ultimately is fantasy. However, if you read some very select and very difficult-to-find books, uh, like We Found Alien Bases on the Moon, You'll see colored images from the moon. And you'll see that the moon's surface isn't all gray. And that there are areas in the colored images, mostly inside of craters, where there are, uh, it's, a, it's like a green space. It kind of looks like something that, yes, like William Herschel thought, might be like a forest. But this this is based on, more recent evidence. This isn't something in the 17 or 1800s. These are NASA photographs that were published in this book by Fred Steckling. And there are other things in that book that I've cross-referenced, and they are, whether he intentionally did it or not, and this was published in 1981, uh, are a little bit misleading. But there are some images that when you reference the original source of the image, they're very, very implicating. Uh, almost as if they've even either been hidden in plain sight as to preserve what is depicted in, in the image, like, you know, green. Or to allow for the open distribution and the, the, the quiet acknowledgement that there are things that are unexplainable and that aren't necessarily explainable through some camera glitch or some you know hair in the camera, that there are indeed structures of some kind on the moon that don't seem to be built by nature. 
artificial structures. So up until the 1900s, and even up until somewhat recently, people believed that there were aliens and that there were beings all over the solar system. And I, I don't know how many people believed it, but probably all over the galaxy, just all over whatever was visible space, you know, in the 1700s and 1800s and, and, and coming into more modern times. That there were probably beings all over the place. And uh, there was one guy, and it's, I mean, among so many others, but there was one guy who uh, believed that there were like trillions of humans living on the rings of Saturn. So, some of you might know, um, might know about that. Uh, but even back in 1902, so 100 plus years ago, a movie came out. We actually watched this movie in film school. Uh, it was called A Trip to the Moon. as a sci-fi adventure movie. And it was very interesting because it depicted, as these astronauts, they shoot themselves to the moon in like a giant bullet. And the bullet hits the moon in the eye. They depict the, uh, these underground caverns on the moon and that there are creatures, there are things that let live on the moon. There are creatures, there's plant life, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's, a, it's 1902. It's like, a, it's like a science fiction movie from over 100 years ago. Uh, one of the first. And it's, it, it's very, it's, it's, like a, it's like a play. It's like a big pageant. Um, if you watch it in color, there's a lot of, a lot of colors and, and whatnot. Uh, the original, I think, is just in black and white. But it shows these underground caverns and things that are living on the moon. And then you have, you know, the stories. You have people like Jim Mars... Uh, who passed away a couple of years ago. He was a friend of the show. Jim Mars wrote his book, Alien Agenda. Uh, people like David Icke we've had on the show, he wrote Human Race, Get Off Your Knees, where he talked a lot about what was in Jim's book, what was in Alan Butler's book, Who Built the Moon. And the information that they published came from official NASA sources pertaining to the sounding of what, well, it sounded like a, a, a gong or a bell when lunar descent stages, lunar module stages were crashed into the moon during the Apollo missions. And in other cases, there are even videos. You can see these, what look like jets of water spraying up from inside the moon or jets of gas. Even some of the instruments that NASA put on the moon detected uh, essentially like a misty wave of water that crossed the, the surface of the, of the planetary body of the satellite for, you know, I don't know how many miles or whatnot, but it was a very, very large area. So if you begin to accumulate this evidence, uh, not just the beliefs of people in the 17 or 1800s and, you know, science fiction movies like A Trip to the Moon, but when you start to look at the actual evidence that NASA had collected and you put it all together, you start to realize well, maybe the sand isn't actually gray on the moon, and maybe maybe there are things on the moon that people had seen or speculated upon in the past. And it starts to it starts to confirm speculations and scientific observations that had been made in the past. It also confirms that others were not so accurate. 
but based on our understanding of space and you know scientific analysis and having different instruments today, obviously we can disprove those things, but there are still bits of data that are unexplained, at least based on whatever the status quo might be within NASA or the federal government here in the U.S. or any space agency, the European Space Agency, etc. There are things there that are not so much covered up. They're just, they're published and nobody really focuses or pays attention to them. And it's when you put the things together that you start to realize that there are, there are factual details that when you enter them into the equation that we call our reality and whatever the status quo is, it changes reality. It changes the status quo. And so up until recently, people had believed that there were beings, there were aliens, humans, something. There were creatures on other planets from the moon to Saturn and all throughout the solar system. Now, in the early 21st century, we're beginning to look at those beliefs and approach them and come to the same conclusions, some people are, based on more evidence and not just pure speculation and and not just, you know, mathematical equations that determine this is how many civilizations should exist, you know, within this uh, area of a galaxy based on this mathematic, you know, the the, the famous uh, Drake equation, for example. Now, in the news the last couple of days, we've seen a number of things that... Uh, just are, are kind of bizarre, and they're little bits and pieces of data that when you put them together, you kind of get a, a bigger picture. There was an airline flying over New Mexico, Airlines, uh, American Airlines Flight 2292 was an Airbus A320. It was flying between Cincinnati and Phoenix, and on the 21st of February, just a few days ago, it had a close encounter with what the crew described. This is what the crew said, quote, a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile, end quote. And it was moving very, very quickly. And uh, they said that it shot over the top of the aircraft uh, 36,000 feet and 400 knots. And this incident occurred over a, a very remote northeastern part of New Mexico. And they, they can't identify exactly what it was. They, they don't know. American Airlines, you know, they don't really have an answer to it. They just acknowledge that the crew had seen something. There, there was no, it was confirmed, no military aircraft present. And so... This incident, which just occurred a few days ago, you combine that with what happened three years ago, and there was another report in the same area of another object, another unidentified object that flew over the top of another plane around 37,000 feet over eastern Arizona. I believe that was a Learjet. So in the same area, there have been multiple reports of these objects. And then again, this was just the other day. This was about, well, this was on the 20, 
the 21st that this happened with the, the Airbus in the uh, southwest of the United States. That was like four days ago. And then you've got other stories that don't, they don't really sound like they have anything to do with aliens, but I'm sure most of you saw that there was, and there's a big investigation now into it here, here in the United States. It's all over the news uh, that there was an engine failure of a Boeing 777. And, and according to the investigators, they, this plane had this engine problem and it dropped debris onto, onto homes. It dropped parts of their in the engine into uh, like community neighborhoods into uh, areas in people's front yards. According to the investigators, the engine failed uh, just minutes after the United Airlines flight uh, 328 took off from Colorado traveling to Hawaii and it left behind a debris trail for miles. And after the incident, Boeing, they grounded uh, or United grounded all their Boeing uh, 777 powered uh, PW4000 engines. And they concluded that there was at least initially there's consistent uh, evidence that it was um, the engine failure was consistent with metal fatigue. And that's according to the National Transportation Safety Board. But what's interesting about this is that there was another plane. A Boeing 747-400 cargo plane that dropped engine parts right after takeoff from the Maastricht Airport. The long-tail aviation flight 5404 cargo plane scattered mostly small metal parts over southern uh, southern Dutch town. I think it's pronounced Meersen. And this happened the same day as the Boeing 777 United Airlines flight. Literally the same day. Um, it was also powered by the PW4000 engines. It's just a a little bit of a smaller version of those uh, that were involved in the United Airlines Boeing 777 flight from Colorado to Hawaii. So both of those things happen. Now, it's interesting because this year, 2021, we, we just passed the 20th anniversary. This is the 20th anniversary of the movie Donnie Darko. And I know you probably heard Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero talk about this on Monday night this week. But you've got the 20th anniversary of Donnie Darko, which deals with time and different dimensions and things like that. And that demonic looking rabbit. Uh, but you also have something else that came out 20 years ago, and that's Harry Potter. Came out 20 years ago uh, this November. And that's basically a world of other dimensions, a magical realm. And uh, according to people that believe in time travel and things like that, they, you know, there are there are artifacts that can be found that are unexplained, like A-ports and D-ports that come into our world and transport out of our world, that come into our world from other places. Like in Donnie Darko, you've got the, the, the engine. And the engine was a sign, the, the plane engine that crashed into his bedroom was a sign that there, there had been a tangent uh, a universe, that there had been an interference with two different universes and the things had crossed over. Uh, and Harry Potter, of course, 20 years ago, you've got this this different magical world where you enter into and out of this world and you can transport things in and out of this world. Uh, and so all this is happening uh, as the countdown to disclosure begins and we have uh, the Mars rover as well in the news, Perseverance. They've just sent back uh, some of the first noise recorded on Mars. And uh, you, you just put all this together 
And it, it, it just starts to seem like we're living in some science fiction novel. We're, we're living in some, some incredible uh, science fiction story. So we're going to look at a lot of this tonight, and we're going to try to see if there's some type of deeper meaning uh, embedded within these uh, seemingly unrelated stories. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing, The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStreamLive is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality, of your reality, of your reality? Do you question the nature of your reality? Join me, host Jess Rogie of The Rogie Report, as we find out more about the strange reality we live in. Here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio. Or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com. And you're listening to... The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening 
to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Hi there, I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings radio show right here on The Fringe FM. On The Secret Teachings, we cover parapsychology, pop conspiracy, magic myth, health, and more. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday after Joe Roop and Lighting the Void right here on The Fringe FM. For more information, you can visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. your host you're tuned into the secret teachings right here on the fringe fm five nights a week monday through friday our show archive is at the secret teachings.info we're talking about tangent universes a tangent universe is a very unstable construct and it exists for a very short period of time before it collapses on itself uh, theoretically that is creating a black hole that could likewise destroy not only that universe, but destroy the primary universe. Have you seen the movie Donnie Darko, which came out 20 years ago last month? The tangent universe is created at midnight on the 2nd of October. It lasts for about a full month, a whole uh, cycle of the moon, 28 days, in this alternative reality. And Donnie is saved from the falling jet engine because he's chosen as this, they call a living receiver, who's given the task of guiding this artifact, which in this case is the jet engine, out of the tangent universe and therefore preventing the primary universe from collapsing because there's this crossover. It's the artifact itself that makes the tangent universe unstable. And so as it spontaneously appears, it's it's formed of metal. And in the movie, it's represented by a jet engine. Now, I don't think it would be lost on those who are interested in the subject of UFOs and time travel and parallel dimensions and what some call synchromysticism or what some might refer to as synchronicity in general. Uh, some might, you know, specifically just feel that this is, this is like alternate timelines. There's something wrong with the timeline that maybe they blame it on CERN, but it, it won't be lost on anybody who's ever seen Donnie Darko and comes out 20 years ago that just a few days ago, We had this huge story about a Boeing 777 that took off from Colorado to Hawaii and it left behind a mile or so of debris because after the plane got into the air, the engine failed on this United Airlines Flight 328. Investigators have said today the... 23rd, well, actually this was yesterday, day before yesterday, the 23rd, not today. Uh, I thought this article was more recent. Uh, the, the investigator said on the 23rd that the damage was consistent with metal fatigue. So they're explaining why the engine kind of fell apart. But what's, what's even weirder is that the exact same thing happened to a cargo plane 
that took off from Maastricht Airport, a long-tail aviation flight 5404 cargo, or 5504 cargo plane, uh, scattered metal debris over parts of the southern Dutch town of Meersen, also the same day as the Colorado to Hawaii flight spread about a mile of debris, including parts of its engine. After takeoff, uh, the cargo plane in Meersen damaged um, a number of structures and it even injured a woman. And um, the plane was headed to New York, and it also was powered by a Pratt & Whitney PW4000 engine, or just a smaller version of what United Airlines Boeing 777 uh was using when it had engine failure as well. So they've grounded these Boeings. And, you know, we've had issues in the past we've seen with Boeing and with uh, engine problems. But so you've got, on the same day, similar engines, same company, uh, different airlines. One's a cargo plane, one is a commercial plane, a United Airlines flight. And both of them lose parts of their engine after takeoff. And it's it's bizarre because it, it happens almost, virtually it happens almost 20 years to the date of the movie Donnie Darko coming out. It was January 19th, 2001. Almost 20 years to the date. Very, very close to 20 years to the date. And in that movie, you have the, the Tangent Universe and you have uh, the Creepy Rabbit but you have the the artifact, which is what makes the tangent universe unstable, which can destroy the primary universe in these parallel worlds, and it basically spontaneously appears in the form of metal. In the movie, it was the jet engine, and, and then in real life, we have these two jets that have engine failure, and they drop parts of their their engine. Now, one could speculate just for fun that parts of these engines ended up in another dimension and ooh, you know, they can really, you can really concoct a good YouTube conspiracy out of this. But this isn't a conspiracy. This is just looking at the bizarreness and the mysticalness, if you will, of how 20 years later, uh, this iconic scene in Donnie Darko uh, plays out again in real life. But if you go beyond that and you think about parallel worlds and, you think about this this synchronicity or what people call the synchro mysticism you you find that it's like looking too close at a computer screen and the pixels start if you if you have a well especially if a crappy computer screen but you get really close and you look at it or you look at like the a piece of paper like a page in a book and it starts to break apart the closer you get you get to it you look at like a magnifying glass or you zoom in with your camera it kind of just starts to break apart, and you you see the actual structure of it, and it just becomes it feels unstable. Uh, that's that's what I feel when I when I think of this, when I think of the synchronicity, when I think of the mysticism, when I think of of what in essence is like a cosmic deja vu. It's like a repeating of events through art and through real life, and both of which they mimic each other, 
and it it doesn't feel scary it just feels unstable and it's it i think that's interesting that's the feeling that i get that's the 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 word that comes to mind because it's 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 the parallel world the parallel dimension the tangent universe that temporarily crosses with ours it's what a tangent is it's like a line that crosses another line but when you straighten the line that crosses the the the, the straight line out um, the point where it had initially touched isn't actually touching. So that's what they call the tangent, I guess, in geometry and mathematics. But this tang- tangent universe, uh, it becomes unstable because the artifact in Donnie Darko, which was the, the jet engine, um, the artifact moves out of the tangent universe, and so things become erratic. And then Donnie's supposed to help get the artifact back. So in paranormal or parapsychological terms, we'd call this, I guess, depending on what world you were in, but if you were in the, the tangent universe, we call this a deport, where something just is deported and disappears. If you were in the other universe where the jet engine appeared, you'd be the using Donnie Darko as a, as a reference point, uh, then this would be an A-port. And so people refer to, you know, they lose their keys or they have items that go missing, uh, socks in the dryer. Sometimes people feel as if there are slips in time and that there are you know portals that open and things vanish and things disappear. We have attempted to anthropomorphize that, and we've said that it's not really that something goes through a portal. We've said that there, there's little creatures that come and take them, little gnomes or uh, little monstrous, you know, uh, creatures or elves that come and have an affinity for shiny things, so they take your keys. I mean, in re- in reality, what's happening is you forget where you put your keys, <laughs> or maybe you know you have an animal that moved them. Ferrets like to move keys. Cats will play with keys. You have a son or a daughter. My son likes to play with keys. It doesn't mean that there's paranormal activity, uh, but in parapsychological terminology, a ports and deports uh, are things that are either transported out of or into other dimensions and they just disappear or they can just reappear like that. So 20 years later after Donnie Darko and you have these two engine incidences on the same exact day last weekend, it just feels kind of unstable. And then in the Southwest here in the United States on the 21st of February, which was Sunday, you had an airliner that it encountered an unidentified cylindrical object over New Mexico. Now, they didn't say that this was like, at least in the article I read uh, from The Drive, it didn't say anything about like a ghost rocket from World War II. But from one of the things that I was, it just kind of sounded like a ghost rocket uh, that just comes out of nowhere. But this thing was traveling extremely fast, and it blows past the top of this of this airline uh it was an american airlines flight 2292 an airbus 320 a320 flying between cincinnati and phoenix on the 21st and the crew described what they saw as a quote a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile uh it cruised along at 36,000 feet and 400 knots above the top of their craft it occurred in the northeast corner of new mexico and uh, it's not the first time that's that's happened in that part of, of New Mexico, a part of Arizona. The incident is actually 
very similar, not identical to the same incident, uh, so very similar incident that occurred in the same region uh, about three years ago. Uh, during that event, a Learjet and an Airbus both had consecutive close encounters with an unidentified object that flew over the top of them while cruising at about 37,000 feet. So on the same weekend, you have two distinct and very dangerous situations that either mirror the same thing happening at the same time on the other side of the world, or you have the same thing that happened three years ago in the same exact place. And if you go back 20 years to the movie Donnie Darko, where the, the, you know, the, the iconic jet engine falling into the room, into Donnie's bedroom, and then to see these images of the jet engines from last Saturday, it's very eerie. It's very weird. There's something very, it's it just, it feels unstable. There's something strange. There's something weird going on here. So, you know, we might refer to this in the case of the, the Airbus three years ago and then the Airbus just this weekend that both had experienced close encounters with an unidentified object. The one three years ago, that object was uh, traveling even higher at 37,000 feet over eastern Arizona. So on Saturday, you've got jet engine failure and jet parts that rain down, like Donnie Darko in a sense. And then you've got, on Sunday, an Airbus incident with a flying object that's a cylinder. And then three years ago, on the same exact spot, you had another incident of another Airbus with another unidentified flying object. And I think that it goes without saying that there's something weird there. What exactly is it? I, I can't, you can't put your finger on it, but it, it almost, it, it's like mystical. It's magical. And I was even thinking, speaking of magic, Harry Potter also came out 20 years ago. And uh, when Harry Potter first came out, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, you know, people were introduced to this, this wonderful world of wizardry, as they call it. And how did they get into that magical world? They go through a portal. And that's how they, they get to Hogwarts. Now, I'm not a Harry Potter file. I don't know a lot about Harry Potter. I've been watching Harry Potter with my partner Hope, but I haven't watched um, all of it yet. I just know a little bit about it. But Harry Potter is also this this alternate dimension, this alternate world. Now you could say like, well, these planes that had jet failure over the weekend, maybe a part of those planes went into another another universe, another dimension. But you know, I don't know if it's so much scientific in the sense that it's like physics based. Uh, that it's interdimensional, that is you know, deja vu, that relates to some altered timeline. I feel that it's more psychological. I feel that from entertainment to mainstream news and from the Dutch town to Colorado to New Mexico and all happening on the same weekend and 20 years after the Donnie Darko comes out, I feel that it's it's psychological because it seems, at least to me as how I perceive it, it seems to me that there is an active attempt, an active agenda, which is aimed toward creating such confusion 
and disassociation from reality that the only way that we can explain what is happening in our daily lives because of all the trivial and confusing and uh, what seem like just beyond nonsense that just doesn't make any sense, the only way that we can describe what's happening is to say that there must be uh, there must be an alternate universe interfering with ours. We must be interfering with it. We must be on another timeline. Uh, this is the only way that we could we could comprehend what's what's happening. And I mean that vaguely, but there are a lot of things that we you know whether it's a so-called pandemic, which I don't believe it is a pandemic, or it's something you know like the bizarreness of the Biden presidency or even the Trump presidency. Uh, the bizarreness of things that health officials will tell you in blatant contradiction with facts and just trivial demands and creating confusion with through in news. You just see there's so much confusion, so much uh, pe- people just disassociate from reality. And the only way that they can explain what's going on is to suggest that, well, you know, researchers must have turned CERN on. And so CERN is messing with timelines and creating these alternate uh, uh, roots, uh, creating these alternate paths. And then you have others who I believe are con artists who are telling people in another timeline, Donald Trump's still president. Uh, so don't worry when we reemerge with that timeline, uh, he'll still be the president. Uh, please donate money. And it's just absolutely, absolutely preposterous. It's ridiculous. But that, so uh, there's just a lot of different ways in which you can look at this is my point. And I've heard, you know, for a couple of years now, and I, I assume it's just, it's, it's a biased perspective. Uh, people all around me of all viewpoints have said that they feel as if it's not so much as you get older, that time moves faster, but they feel as if there's just something that's wrong. So something's not right with something's not right with time. Something's not right with what we perceive to be our reality. Like there's something, there's something attached to it or something that's, that's missing from it. Like there's, there's an influence. There's, there's an influence or a lack of an influence. Um, it, I explain it. I don't, I mean, it's totally circumstantial, of course, if we're being objective about it, but I feel like, and I kind of explain it like it's, if you're, if you are, if you're in a room and you get this weird feeling that somebody's looking at you, and then you turn around, there's somebody looking at you. That's the feeling I get. I feel like th- there's somebody looking in my window at me. I feel like something or something, someone, some, something, someone, something is watching me. That's the way that I describe it. I don't necessarily feel like time is any different, or I don't really feel like, uh, you know, there's some d- different timeline. I just feel that there's the the energy has shifted but i also can explain that very easily with things that are not so mystical or magical we can explain that by observing that everything that's happening from going to a grocery store to getting on a plane and flying you know if your engine doesn't fall off has become a nightmarish world of terror and fear of what will happen if you don't acquiesce, of vaccinations, of 
travel passes, of demands to cover your face and not be able to breathe, whether or not there's any scientific evidence, there's not, that any of this stuff works, that's why people feel less less secure. That's why things feel unstable, and that's why it feels like somebody's watching you all the time. Um, and that's why you experience deja vu, likely because, I mean, there are a lot of ways to look at this, but I would suggest that one of the reasons, a likely reason, is because, you know, your ancestors probably went through something very similar. History tends to repeat itself as a pattern, as a cycle, and there's a genetic memory there. And so you're having deja vu, but this is not an individual deja vu. It's a collective deja vu. Others might argue that it's because, you know, of, an, of a CERN-like device that's been turned on and, you know, it can create a black hole, um, open, up a, open up a portal, uh, you know, consume the whole planet, all, all of the, the typical doomsday scenarios. I don't necessarily feel like that's the case, but um, it, it just kind of feels like the, not only is somebody watching, but it, it feels like there's something, there's something wrong with, with our reality. And so you could go off and say, well, that's because of AI and computers. That's because there are, is a tangent universe uh, which it's, that, that, that's been, you know, the dimensions have been corrupted and things have become un, um, uh, become unstable, and in some other perception of time, the universe is collapsing, and within the blink of a cosmic eye, everything we know will be gone. I mean, it's a lot of really great doomsday stuff. Is it true? I don't know. I mean, we're just starting to acknowledge through intelligence agencies in the United States and through the Department of Defense, that there are objects that are in our skies that we cannot explain, and they've been there for decades, officially, with military reports and government reports, many of which have been kept secret from governments, militaries all over the world, but obviously have been there for hundreds of years and likely thousands of years. And... I would imagine that in the ancient past, those objects would have been seen as gods or mythical creatures. Today, we look at them as machines and we call them, you know, flying saucers, you know, like with Kenneth Arnold from Boise, the pilot who kind of coined that term. He said he said what he saw were discs that floated on water, kind of skipped on water. So they were like, yeah, they're flying discs, flying saucers. But, um, from the 2017 revelation with Louis Elizondo to that, to the stars Academy and then working, you know, they're working with like Bigelow and Skinwalker ranch. And there's to me, there's something very, very wrong with all of the so-called UFO alien disclosure. There's something weird with that too. And I can't exactly put my finger on it, but it's just like with what we perceive as reality and what it is that we call time. It's like somebody's watching you. That's what I feel like when, I'm I'm thinking about the subject of UFOs and I'm thinking about disclosure and I'm thinking about this now it's a 150 day countdown to uh, have some level of disclosure an unclassified report about UAPs uh, and for some reason you know uh, all these TV shows have been made about it and people praise Louis Elizondo or Tom DeLonge and maybe it's just the cultness of it 
but there's something that feels wrong about it to me. And again, I can't put my finger on it, but it's like the planes that had issues on Saturday that lost their engines and part of their engines uh, on different sides of the world at the same time, or an Airbus in the Southwest that recounted this cylindrical object, this unidentified flying object, and then three years ago, at the same time, same place, another Airbus encountered the same object. Uh, There's something else going on here, and uh, whatever it is, is not necessarily something that we can define with the, the facilities of of our brains functioning and operating by traditional means. We have to think unorthodox uh, thoughts here to understand this. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing. The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, 
and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Yo, hi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. You're welcome. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. listening to the secret teachings on the fringe fm i'm your host ryan gable thank you for tuning in tonight i mixed up my outro and intro so this is our normal outro into the second hour still some nice background music it's very spacey sure some of you have seen been following the mars rover perseverance it landed a few days ago sent back some of the first audio recordings from the Red Planet. Reportedly sounds of wind blowing, as well as the mechanics of the rover itself. And it's going to be several years before we collect all the, all the data from that rover. Some people might be relying on that to find evidence of alien life or maybe even some past human civilization that existed on Mars or that there are human colonies on Mars now like Elon Musk wants to officially put there. We have this interest in life beyond planet Earth and I think there's a religious element to it because otherwise we feel as if we're alone 
we feel as if no one listens, no one cares, and that even though we're all here on the planet together, we have our own views and beliefs and fight amongst each other, there's got to be something more out there. So we look to religion to provide us with some sense of a higher purpose. We look to the stars to provide us with some sense of cosmic purpose. And many people have many views on what that cosmic purpose is. Some want to assimilate themselves with some alien culture. Others want nothing to do with aliens or even the idea because they say it's demonic. Others will suggest, no, it can't be demonic because God created everything. And the people who think it's demonic will say, but if God created them, then why are humans worshiping them? And that's a good point. But we're always going to have you know these different views uh, on these very controversial subjects, but it's not a new thing. And I think it's very contrary to a very popular belief that the idea of aliens or extraterrestrials or demons or whatever you choose to call them, that it's some new idea, that it's been made popular by science fiction B-movies and Roswell in the 1940s or you know, it, it, you have like the, the, the Foo Fighters and you have the, the ghost rockets of World War II. And as much as I get uh, just a, a, huge, a huge laugh and so much entertainment out of ancient aliens, I, I don't really, I'd say nine out of ten things they say is a stretch. It's for shock value. Some of it is, some of it's, you know, it's, it's a fact. It's true. It just doesn't mean it has anything to do with aliens. Like I watched, I watched an episode the other night. They were like, could China's closed society be because they're concealing the existence of extraterrestrials? And then David Childress, so I, I love, I love David Childress. He's like, could it be that aliens exist in China today? It's possible. (laughs) And it's like, well, yeah, anything's possible, but no, they're a closed society because they're, they're a communist dictatorship. And I'm not making fun of Childress, by the way. I, I, I love David Childress. I like his work. I like his publishing company. Childress is hilarious. I just love the way that he enunciate things. He enunciates things on ancient aliens. It's hilarious. I, I do not like David Wilcock, though, because no matter what you say, on you could go on ancient aliens and you could make the most outlandish claim that a science fiction writer could think of. And Wilcock will say, I see your claim and I raise you. And he'll make something up on the spot that's more incredible than anything some science fiction writer could have come up with, you know. So there are some things on ancient aliens that are, yeah, it's true, but it doesn't mean it's aliens, right? Now, I get the concept of the show. The concept of the show is to always insinuate and imply that this is alien. Could it be alien? It might be alien. It should, should it be alien? I don't, we don't know. Nobody knows. But it could be. Anything could be. That's, I get that. But uh, these are not new questions. People have asked the question is there life elsewhere for centuries? And in fact, they haven't so much asked the question as they've just believed it. For hundreds of years, not the average person per se, but people have believed that there's life elsewhere. And, and not in the same context, but you know, people believed that there were physical gods that came from somewhere else. And maybe there's a connection to ancient aliens in that regard, but people have believed that there were uh, beings that came from somewhere else. Uh, and that they were gods, and you know that translated to Europeans coming to uh, parts of South America and being treated as the return of the feathered serpent Quetzalcoatl. You've got stories of uh, you know 
the the just the incredible uh, cargo cults that erected these these mock planes out of sticks and out of uh, you know branches and things like that. They tried to get the gods to return, but they were just soldiers in the Pacific Theater during uh, you know a global conflict. They weren't because you know the gods were here, but that's how people who were less advanced technically saw it. And obviously, any interaction with a more advanced species, I mean, even on planet Earth, you see the disparity between the two. Any, any advanced species is likely to either be infantile and unrecognizable, which I think is one of the major reasons that Antarctica is such a popular destination for world leaders. It's not because there's some blue chicken hive down there with all the blue chickens and with Corey Good and his you know, weird cult of kids. But because literally every year we're hearing new incredible information about fines in Antarctica from Lake Vostok, where they've got thousands of new species, thousands of new forms of life they've found. To j- just the other day, one of the second, uh, I think it's one of the second uh, largest uh, pieces of ice or something, I forget what exactly it was, but they drilled down into it and they found these little like sea sponges and they were hundreds of miles from the ocean, but they were living there waiting for food to come to them. So there was clearly access to food, even at those depths and those temperatures in the dark. So life exists, life thrives, life grows and expands. And I think that's why Antarctica is such a popular destination because Antarctica uh, kind of mimics the conditions on some of the planetary bodies in our solar system. And I think scientists are trying to use that as a playground to determine what it would be like for life to exist elsewhere. And if life can exist in those conditions, then it certainly can exist on conditions less or more extreme even uh, in our solar system. And that doesn't mean we're going to send humans there. It just means that, yeah, this is a good indicator that life exists elsewhere, uh, especially if there are these very extreme conditions. So people have believed that there's life elsewhere for a very, very, very long time, just in a different way than we look at it and view it today. But we're coming to um, to a global realization that there's something there. And we're coming to that global realization because we're so connected with with machines and computers and the Internet. I was reading this, uh, this paper that Carl Sagan and Paul Swan wrote ahead of the Mariner 4 probe that arrived at Mars. Uh, this was a, obviously a very, very long time ago, this paper, but it was quoted in an article I was reading about UFOs and aliens and things like this. But this was back in uh, the 1960s, and Carl Sagan wrote, uh, and uh, Paul Swan wrote, and this paper, uh, quote, The present body of scientific evidence suggests, but does not unambiguously demonstrate the existence of life on Mars. In particular, the photometrically uh, observed waves of darkening, which proceed from the vapor rising polar caps through the dark areas of the Martian surface have been interpreted in terms of seasonable biological activity. So even in the 60s, and with people like Carl Sagan, uh, they, they, nobody was discounting the existence of life, but it seems like since that time, 
there has been a, a number of things that have happened. One, and a more firm official stance that no, it's very unlikely that there's life anywhere else. And people will say that's because we've got evidence that we can't find it. You don't have evidence you can't find it. You just haven't found the evidence of it. The second reason is because we've kind of redefined what life is. Carl Sagan and Paul Swan were talking about life on Mars referring to some kind of seasonal biological activity and the darkening areas on the Martian surface. A lot of people today think life is somewhere else. It's going to be like a Hollywood blockbuster. And clearly there's something, you know, there's something uh, that exists that we can call life. It doesn't necessarily look like something from a movie that that will will be found eventually somewhere. So, and it essentially it already has. I mean, with Mars and the moon and water on the moon and water on Mars. I mean, these, these discoveries are not new either. These discoveries go back decades. And, and, and they've been documented and, and I guess you could call them proven through science, if you will. But it, it, it was speculation to a large degree, but it was firmly believed by a majority of people, even Carl Sagan in the 60s, that, yeah, there was probably life on Mars. It was actually silly to suggest that there wasn't. And if you go back further to 1902, there was that movie, uh, A Trip to the Moon, where these people got together, they built like a bullet, shot, himself, shot themselves to the moon, and what did they find? They found this like underground uh, cavernous area on the moon where there were plants and there were people that lived there. Now, this might just be a fanciful view of the world, a romanticizing of space and life elsewhere, but a lot of the things that had been speculated upon in the past have been proven today. A lot of the things that have been speculated in the past have also been disproven today. We are uh, unfortunate. We look at the subject of UFOs and aliens through the lens of rigid, narrow, arbitrary subjectivity. We don't want anything to do with anything that doesn't confirm our direct beliefs. But in order to understand and in order to to think, you have to be able to consider all potentialities that's what a scientist is supposed to do and if you want to be anything like a scientist you have to consider other possibilities now we have to get rid of of you know our reliance on politics for ufo disclosure and our reliance on mainstream media for ufo disclosure mainstream media won't even tell you the truth about something that they have a video of something happening, and they won't even tell you the truth about it while they air the video and tell you something else is happening, opposed to what's actually happening in the video. You can't rely on mainstream media. You cannot rely on government, but you can ask the question, what exactly does it mean when we talk about government disclosure of, of aliens or UFOs? Because since World War II, there have been numerous declarations of disclosure. I mean, the military reports alone about aircraft interfering with military craft, unidentified objects interfering with military craft, the reports of missile silos, nuclear weapons being deactivated. The reports are countless. So there's been disclosure. It's just not the disclosure that you're thinking of there absolutely is alien life it just might not be the alien life you're thinking about 
And the further and further we go into this, there's 150 days roughly for the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense to provide an unclassified report about unidentified aerial phenomena. And that's based within the COVID-19 relief bill that cost $2.3 trillion, which initially set a 180-day period to reveal what is known by the intelligence and military to the Congress. Now, they didn't say they were going to reveal it to you. They said they're going to reveal it to the Congress. Uh, There'll be a whitewashed, black-markered paper released to the public, and it'll be one of two things. It'll be, we don't really have any evidence, and we've dumped the records and changed the names of things, like UFO to UAP, and then the public will still go on about believing that there's a cover-up and there really are aliens. It doesn't matter what the evidence says. Or they'll release very sketchy evidence, very sketchy images. Very, it's like the Tic Tac. I mean, that's just one of probably, I would imagine, there have to be tens or hundreds of thousands of cases like the Tic Tac story. But then you get like Tom DeLong involved in the To the Stars Academy, and you get Bigelow involved in the Skinwalker Ranch, and you get Louis Elizondo involved, and you've got people like, um, you know, people that they petition and they go to Congress. Uh, you're Stephen Greer's, and it just it gets it starts to get weird, and it starts to feel uncomfortable. It starts to feel like why is Tom DeLong? I mean, great, maybe the guy has this big of an interest in UFOs and he's using his money or his celebrity for this, but it's just like he's working with, uh, he's working with Mr. Bigelow and then there's this Louis Elizondo guy who can just publicly speak about a very classified military program. Uh, to me, there's something off about it. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm not saying it's evil. There's just something weird. And it's the same feeling I get when I think about what happened with those two planes on Saturday, one taking off from the Netherlands and another taking off from Colorado, both on the same day with virtually the same identical engines, lost parts of their engines after takeoff and spread out the debris over a mile. One was heading to New York. It was a cargo plane. And one was heading from Colorado to Hawaii. It was a commercial airliner. One was a United Airlines Boeing 777. And the other one was this uh, long-tail aviation flight 5504 cargo plane. And what makes it more eerie and creepy is that 20 years ago, almost to the date, 20 years ago, Donnie Darko came out. And I'm sure most of you have seen Donnie Darko. I've seen it, you know, when I I was a little bit younger, I should probably watch it again. Um, Well, what I do remember of it is the airplane engine falling into the bedroom. That was like a very, very iconic scene in the movie. And, you know, when I first watched it, I don't I didn't know really what it was about, but it is about tangent universes and other dimensions that become unstable and interact with our universe, and essentially aports where objects are transported somewhere else as opposed to the, or they're, they're transported from somewhere else to the uh, current location as opposed to a deport which is transported from a location to somewhere else. You know, maybe like your socks in the dryer. 
Uh, but in the movie, this this alternate universe was created, and it was only stable enough to exist for 28 days. This falling jet engine in the Tangent universe had to be recovered because that's what was making the universe unstable, and the recovery would have prevented the primary universe from collapsing. So the premise of the movie, it deals with time travel and other dimensions. It deals with parallel worlds. It, it deals with a lot of things, uh, and it deals with things in a, in a very you know, creepy and way. And, you know, everybody has deja vu. And there's a lot of argument, a lot of speculation on what all these things mean, what deja vu is, what, what an alternative timeline really is. Uh, does it have any? Is it just perception? Is whatever it is, though. Let's put it this way. I, I said this earlier. It when I think of those synchronicities, or the mystic components of those synchronicities and the bizarreness of it, the planes and the movie and all that, and other worlds, and even twenty years ago, Harry Potter came out twenty years ago, and they, you know, obviously they go into the magical world through a portal. Portals are nothing new, of course. But magical things can come into our world. And you can't always see those things, but magical things can come into our world. Jet engines can come in or out of our world, if you will. And it, it, it feels... It feels like somebody's watching you. It feels like something's not right. It just feels like there's a, there's a problem with the coding like like the like everything looks great but you know there's just one error and it might be a critical error it, it could be a computer error it could be a glitch it could be there's there's something there's a glitch in reality is what it feels like and people are scrambling trying to define what that glitch is what caused that glitch and why they feel the way they do maybe it's because of our overconsumption of media and entertainment which has created so much conflict and so much confusion that we look to, like in religion, we look to a church to provide us or a temple to provide us with a connection to God. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but we also look to the temple of science to provide us with connections to the cosmic gods, to aliens, or some want to find no aliens at all to prove that humans are the only thing that's intelligent. But we look for meaning, and so if we're confused and we're kind of demoralized and we don't really know who we are, where we're going, we look for meaning elsewhere. We look to the stars for meaning. And in looking to the stars for meaning, whether or not we find any legitimate meaning, we, we will create our own reality and create our own meaning. And I think that is largely responsible for a lot of what we think and see pertaining to the subject of UFOs or UAPs. But regardless of that, I feel that it's it's pretty amazing. Maybe you don't believe that there's a, a rover on Mars, but Mars was the landing pad for the Perseverance rover, which has sent back sounds from the Red Planet, NASA published those sounds on the 22nd of February a few days ago. We're going to play those for you when we come back. And the sounds, they, they, they're they not creepy. They're just wind blowing, or so we're told. But 
The idea that it's coming from Mars so far away, it just feels weird and unstable, and it's just... There's something odd about it. There's something off about it. It's because we're reaching into new dimensions. We're reaching into new new points of view, new new viewpoints on the world. And it, that's, it's going to feel weird because of that. We're becoming a civilization that is reaching into the depths of science fiction. And that's becoming reality. We think we've seen this before because we have. That's why we have the deja vu. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on the Fringe FM. could listen to this and again you know people say david has no evidence david has no evidence but i hate this channel or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself brian gable five nights a week on the fringe fm and join us to explore the outer limits of history symbolism parapolitics and more we'll explore a little of everything but don't take my word for it i'm kind of like you i'm a last of a dying breed a generalist that's the secret teachings.info and the fringe fm If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM but most importantly it supports you. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing. The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. 
And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Humans originally had two faces, four arms, four legs, and they were happy like that. Then they defied the gods, so the gods split us in two as punishment tore us away from our other halves. He said, each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. It's our nature. So when one is met with his other half, the pair are lost in an amazement of love, friendship, intimacy, and one will not be seen out of the other sight. See, the reason is, human nature was once originally one, and we were whole. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. As we reach to the heavens, we reach to the stars, we look to the moon, or we go beyond the moon, we look to Mars. Someone to put colonies on Mars. Others want to go beyond that. They want to go interstellar. We feel inspired by movies of the same name or by science fiction novels and science fiction movies and TV shows that stretch into the past and take us into the future. And there are some people who believe and have believed for hundreds of years that our existence is one in which is not unique, that there are life forms all throughout the universe. And up until recently, this perspective remained the same. Now it's like we have to have some government approval to tell us that life exists. People believe that life existed elsewhere long before governments began disclosing information by accident or intentionally. The 180-day countdown to revelation of what the intelligence community and the Department of Defense knows about UAPs or UFOs will probably fizzle out and be nothing more than a firecracker. And if it is something more significant than that, you can imagine that whatever how whatever and however significant it is, there will be things that are far more significant that you'll never learn about. Back in the 60s, when we had the Mariner for probe that flew by Mars, Carl Sagan wrote a paper, published a paper, with Paul Swan. And remember, this is in the 60s. 
that uh, in this paper they said the present body of scientific evidence suggests but does not unambiguously demonstrate the existence of life on Mars. In particular, the photometrically observed waves of darkening which proceed from the vaporizing polar caps through the dark areas of the Martian surface have been interpreted in terms of seasonal biological activity. In other words, in the 60s, there was open-minded scientific observation of life on other planets. And it's almost like today we've been told, no, that's not possible. We can keep searching, but we'll find nothing. When in fact, we find life everywhere on planet Earth. We find in experiments on the ISS and in non-experiments on the ISS, life forms, bacteria that exist, that grow, that survive. Some bacteria, one called the doomsday bacteria, thrives on radiation. I mean, it's like Godzilla. It was found in, I believe it was the 1940s, in a can of Spam. And this bacteria literally thrives on radiation. It can withstand hundreds of breaks in its DNA and still survive and, and still live. Like it, it lives on radiation. It thrives on radiation in radioactive environments. And I think that's why we've seen such an incredible interest in Antarctica because from Lake Vostok to uh, other scientific endeavors, scientists are finding life forms that are that never before been seen, and they're finding them all over the place in Antarctica. Life exists in those extreme temperatures, those extreme conditions. It leads us to believe that life finds a way to exist and finds a way to thrive in similar and more extreme and less extreme conditions elsewhere in our solar system and throughout what we can visibly see as space and beyond. NASA just landed a rover on Mars called Perseverance. And we talked on Tuesday night about internet sigils and meme magic. And one of the things that we discussed very briefly was that some people on the internet had created sigils to protect the Mars rover. So there's this blend of magic and mysticism and science, much like there's a blend of religion and science and a blend of uh, theology and all of uh, basically everything that makes us human in the sense that we strive to grow and find purpose and find meaning. We typically define that venture as philosophy or as the study of theosophy, or the, theology rather, theosophy I guess is part of that through, you know, uh, Blavatsky. Uh, but we combine all these subjects together. There's just different ways to look at the world. And then you can, under, you can try to understand how the brain works through psychology. But what it basically is, is we've, we've looked to holy men to provide us sustenance and communication to God. We're looking to scientists to provide us communication to aliens. We're looking to the cosmos to find purpose We've looked far beyond Earth. Our scientific achievements mechanically, technologically might not have kept up with our spiritual endeavors. Uh, clearly, our moral and ethical attainment is not high enough to compete with the technological 
achievements, but our spiritual nature is far beyond Earth and far beyond Mars. And we're just trying to keep up with that, that immortal essence of humanity, and we're looking to other places to try to find answers on what is the purpose. That's what science is. Scientists sometimes mock people who have faith that there's some higher power, and yet all a scientist does is observe the world and try to understand how things work. They just want understanding. They just want meaning, right? That's all the scientist wants is meaning. That's all a Christian wants. That's what a Buddhist wants. They want meaning. They want purpose. They want understanding. They want a, a sense of enlightenment. They want to feel as if their life has meaning. And every step in that process especially big steps, can feel a little unstable because we're leaving safe places that have made us feel comfortable. The Perseverance rover obtained sounds from the Jezero crater on the 20th of February 2021, a few days ago. About 10 seconds into the recording, you can hear a breeze or air flowing over the microphone. And what scientists are saying is the first sound from Mars, the first gust of wind ever recorded on Mars, it's pretty incredible. That is unless you think that there isn't really a Mars and that Earth is flat or you don't think that there's a rover on Mars. Maybe there's not. Maybe this sound is from the Arizona desert. I don't know. But if it is on Mars, I think you'd have to agree that it's pretty incredible. It's pretty extraordinary. Here is the sounds from Mars, including the rover self-noise, and then we'll play the NASA clip. They're very short with the rover noise filtered out. So this is with the rover noise. And there's the wind. All right, so that is the first sound of Mars, according to NASA. That's the first sound of Mars. And then this is the same sound, but they filtered out the rover noise. You kind of hear the wind blowing there, and then here comes the big gust. So if that is really Mars, I'm going to play along with you. If that's really Mars, because some people won't believe that it is, if that's really Mars, that's pretty extraordinary. It's pretty extraordinary that humans have sent this device to Mars and we've got sounds from Mars. Now, I'm going to speculate, and I'm going to speculate and say that some people won't believe that because it's too creepy. There's no way we've sent this object to another planet and that we've got noise from this other planet. That's creepy. Other people will like it because it's creepy. I don't necessarily think it's creepy in a a negative way or in a dark way, but it makes me feel unstable. It's like when when you're on top of something very tall. You know, you're very high up and you feel like you're going to wobble and fall. You don't feel like there's much stability. You know, if you go up into the nosebleeds of a, of a 
sporting arena, right, or for a concert or something, you get really high up there and you just kind of start to feel unstable. And when we, I look up, you know, even flying on a plane, right, or which, you know, flying on a plane and going to a sports stadium are two things I'll probably never do again in my life. But you, you look up in the plane, the plane, and sometimes I look up at planes and I, I just feel like I'm going to fall. You know, I get like a vertigo almost. Not everybody gets that, but I, it's, it's that feeling, that, that feeling of you're going to fall, that feeling of like somebody's watching you, that eeriness. I mean, this is the surface of Mars, according to NASA anyway. A big gust of wind. Now, what, what is it exactly about that that makes me feel a little bit weary? It's just, it's, it's Mars. It, it, it's from another planet. That's it's the first time we've got sound from another planet, if that really is Mars. So it's because we're reaching out into the cosmos and we're finding and building with what we're finding. We're finding pieces and we're building an understanding that goes way beyond Earth. And it's not just with samples of rocks or things. It, it's sound. It provides a whole nother dimension to space. It provides a whole nother dimension to our perceptions of life and planet Earth and what makes us human. That, that, that this is the sound from another world. And so, yes, it, whether you believe it or not, it feels weird. It's really cool, but it, it kind of feels, at least to me, it kind of feels weird. And I think that's because we're reaching out to somewhere else. And as we reach out to somewhere else, we have to let go of the very thing that keeps us secure and safe. But we're reaching out because the ramifications, the consequences of not reaching out are, in essence, we lose consciousness and awareness. We lose purpose and meaning. So we strive to find something else, something outside and beyond our, our perception, our world. And as we reach out to do that, it's an incredible achievement. It's, 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 it's amazing, the Perseverance Rover, but we also find that it's it's a little eerie because we're hearing sound from another planet and in hearing sound from another planet it just makes it makes the sci-fi it makes the, the the novels and the movies and the TV shows and the and the possibility of there being life on Mars not alien life but human life colonies it makes it that much more real This is supposedly wind blowing on the surface of Mars. Now, maybe NASA's duping you. I don't know. But if they're not, that's pretty incredible. And they're already sending back some of the most crystal clear and stunning images of Mars that scientists have ever seen. And I just, I want to know why that's not a bigger story, you know? Why is that not on every news channel why is that not on every news site 
I mean, no matter where I've gone to news this week, I, you, I could go to, I mean, go to Yahoo uh, or I could go to CNN or Fox or I could go to even even Coast to Coast AM. Like I used to use Coast to Coast AM's. Um, they won't let me on the show. They were nice about it, but they won't let me on the show. But like even going to their in the news page this week, there was like nothing about the Perseverance rover. I mean, this is like Art Bell territory, Heather Wade territory, where they they get orgasmic. You know, the Heather Wade people get orgasmic over over computer generated images of dust on Mars. Where's Perseverance at? Well, I just, the only thing that I, you know I've seen on on like mainline news this week is. Black Lives Matter has financial problems and Tiger Woods gets in a car crash and there's a, a George Floyd like scandal at a school and uh, at a school. I don't know where the school was. And there's like new smartwatches out. It's like, dude, they just sent back sound from another planet and people are concerned with what color tie you wear. They're concerned with the color of your skin on both sides concerned what your gender is, what you identify as, concerned with where you want to stick your penis or where you'd like your penis or someone's penis to be stuck. And meanwhile, it's like there is audio recording from another planet (laughs) and we're still eating ourselves over politics. But that's also the perception of reality that we've been given. Those of you who listen to shows like The Secret Teachings or Lighting the Void with Joe Roop and others, even if those shows I don't necessarily like the hosts or get along with them, you're going to hear stuff like this. And you're going to hear that these two incidences with a cargo plane and a commercial airliner over the weekend last weekend I think it was the 19th of February, 19th or 20th, are very synchronistic in the sense that not only do two planes lose engine parts on the same day on two different sides of the world, and then on the 21st, which was two days later or a day or so later, I got the dates all confused, but there was an Airbus in the Southwest that experienced a cylindrical unidentified flying object in the same place where another Airbus experienced the same exact object a few years ago. So you have these, these synchronistic events that occur. We call them synchromysticisms. These synchromistic events that occur that make people feel uncomfortable or eerie that the timeline's messed up or that there's something wrong with, with, our reality and people get deja vu and we think of the the movies like Donnie Darko which came out about 20 years almost to the day of these two planes losing parts of their engine and what is the most iconic thing in Donnie Darko besides the creepy rabbit is the is the plane engine and for those of you who have not really watched Donnie Darko or don't know much about it it's about tangent universes and other dimensions and I mean, all these subjects, whether it's another dimension, a parallel reality, aliens, extraterrestrials, creepy rabbits, whatever it is, it's all part of the human experience. It's all part of what it, whatever it is that we call reality. Uh, it's, it's part of the current and the past 
and the future and the collective zeitgeist of human existence. And, and we're always looking beyond to find meaning, to find a purpose. I thought it was interesting that despite the fact that scientists and, you know, people that consider themselves to be followers of the science, they'll mock things like, you know, religion. But, you know, you think about symbols and ritual and pageantry, you know that NASA included a message in the parachute of the Perseverance rover. There were 320 red and white fabric panels, and the message said in in code, Dare Mighty Things. It says, Dare Mighty Things in Morse code, and it also provides the coordinates of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL. I mean, that's, that's I, I, I agree, that's pretty cool. Uh, just like a little Easter egg that's hidden in there. And uh, apparently, uh, as the, I was reading an article that said, uh, uh, they were talking about something called visual odometry, uh, that designers arrange the gaps in the rover's wheels into a pattern that leaves behind uh, Morse code, uh, or that just says JPL and Morse code in the robot's tracks. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'll give them that. I'll give the, the science geeks and the people, I'll give them that. That's that's pretty interesting. Uh, that's pretty fascinating. I mean, that is fascinating, but so is, if this is the sound of Mars, this is also pretty fascinating. And it it's us reaching out into the cosmos, and you hear this, and it makes us feel a little bit unstable because that is, that's the next step. That that's the next phase to to go beyond Earth, and we have to let go in order to go beyond. We have to let go in order to achieve something new. I mean, we experience that with 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 dating, right, or friendships. Let go of something that's toxic. Move on to something that's better. We, it's, it's part of a cycle. It's part of the synchromysticism of life. It's part of the, the parapsychological activities that we see. All of it is encompassed. It is packaged. It is put into the secret teachings. It comes out of the secret teachings. And that's what we give you five nights a week right here on the Fringe FM. Check out Fringe.FM for the Fringe FM app. You can download for free. Check out thesecretteachings.info. Grab yourself a copy of one of my books. I do have a book on UFOs, partly. It's called The Technological Elixir. The new edition is out. www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Thank you for listening. may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show 
at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.